All right. So what do I uh, need to know? Anything? Need to know about the points, but uh... <laughs> that's true. But we, uh, I mean, we can just tell her off camera. That way, I don't have to be like, "Fuck it," in the middle of a thing. Like that's we true. Do it. Yeah. This has not been a perfect production. We are slowly learning. So uh, <laughs> points are eternal. Uh, you will find underneath your chair right now, in fact, an invisible box of points. These are guest points. You may distribute them at your discretion at any time during the show. And in fact, after the show, they're all yours. Now, points are deserved based on either being witty or clever or funny or a good enough pop culture reference, just something that you feel points. Uh, there are multiple categories of points. Uh, you'll really, you'll know as you feel it uh, what kind of points are deserved. And, and, and I feel like it's a mostly uh, self-explanatory thing uh, at this point. Uh, are you feeling comfortable with the points that you, you collected <laughs> of this? Yes. Do it. You understand the yes. point system. It's so clear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like... So it's, you've dumbed it down enough for a woman to understand, and I really appreciate it. Oh no, that is not. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God damn it, Chris. These are not the views of Smirk Studios Productions. <laughs> oh my God. Welcome to Everything and Nothing with your hosts, Chris Cox and Charlie Hickmott. Everything and nothing here with your host, Chris Cox, that's me, and here's Charlie Hickman. I'm Charlie. And we're going to put on a great show for you where we discuss literally anything that comes to mind, which is sometimes sitting here staring at our screens. It's yeah. perfectly fine. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Nothing matters. <laughs> I'd like to welcome our special guest for today, Jenna Vesper. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Now, Jenna, you do actually a lot of shows uh, that are very centered around the LGBT community, as far as I understand. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Now, one of those we were talking about a few moments ago, and that was Disowned, mm -hmm. right? Tell us, tell us about your your show that you got going on right now. Yeah, and Disowned, I guess, would be the less uh, queer of my shows, but it still definitely plays in part with it, especially because actually next month we'll be doing a Pride version, so yeah, it's all connected. Uh, Disown is a comedy show I created where I invite comics to come on stage and do their jokes with a member of their family, usually their mother or father, being live streamed behind them so that they watch the comic do their jokes and it is very awkward and very embarrassing. Wow. <laughs> And so we're basically watching a react at in live time. In live time, yeah, literally a mom right behind their yeah. kids, <laughs> their dick jokes, and they're like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's wonderful, and I do think it it can really bring a family closer together. It can make them a little bit more <laughs> um, distant, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, do you know Bobby Higley? 
comic. Yeah. Okay, of course, Bobby Higley, yes. Um, they are a queer comic from Seattle. And I had them on the show, I think June, and they had their mother behind them. And the mother had literally a big poster that said like, family, live, laugh, love. <laughs> just right fucking behind her head. And then Bobby was talking about sodomy and <laughs> getting fucked in the ass. And it was just Whoa. wonderful. That, that's that's beautiful. That's yeah. I'm good. sure that this was Bobby's favorite show he's done that they've done in a long time. Literally, yeah, they don't stop talking about it actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so last night I did my first online version of it with Kickstand Comedy, um, which is a local theater in Portland, Oregon. and. We were able to do an online version of it where we Zoom called in the parents and the comic and we were able to do it and it broadcast, you know, everywhere, anywhere you can watch Twitch or Facebook Live, you were able to watch yeah. it. It was pretty great. What a great uh, time we're having. Uh, Bobby Higley uh, uh, discussing sodomy in front of his mom to uh, much, much to... Uh, their, their shock and horror, I believe, is yes. where we would leave it. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's, I don't know, what what's funny about the show ultimately is because I can do it and host it because I'm not worried about doing my comedy, which is quite crass, in front of my parents because my parents are dead. So. Oh, that's one way around that problem, yeah, I guess. So it works out pretty well where I never have to go through the shock and horror of this because they fucking dead. Oh, <laughs> all right. I mean, look, it is one of the prerequisites for becoming a superhero, I believe, uh, is, is dead parents. So. Or a, like any Disney character, honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were just, you're just filling out your main character arc, that's all. That's what I think, like, it's the best part of having dead parents is that I do get to pretend to be a Disney princess well into my 30s. <laughs> hey, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of women with, uh, with parents that still do that, but uh, I believe yours is more valid. This is true, though. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Now, that is uh, one thing I did want to talk about, though, was that Disown does, in fact, get to go from a live performance to an internet performance. Yes. And I do want to check in. I mean, what did that do for your numbers? Um, medium. We had like 162 total views, but I think our consistent numbers were hovering around 10. Um, which is like, you know, like a good open mic on a yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's better than a lot of shows are getting. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, we've got three people here. Hello, three people. I love it. No, yeah, so, you know, it was our first time doing the show. I'm hoping online, and I hope that... Um, yeah. I can promote more and get more people involved. But in the end, I felt really good because I was able to like bring people together and like I had all the comics and the parents tell me they had a really good time doing it. So, you know, awesome. it was nice. worth it. Nice. Yeah. I do nice. hate doing Zoom comedy though. It is fucking horrible. Oh, yeah. God, I, I, I haven't even done the open mics. I cannot seem to bring myself to do it. Yeah. I keep wanting to, but I'm like, I'm not drunk enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> I tried doing some Zoom music and it was, yeah, it's pretty difficult. You know, it's like just two of us in a room. Like, uh, that's not fun. That's not exciting. I had like one person in the chat, like, yeah, play this song. Or like, no. 
Could you imagine doing like also like Zoom comedy open mic and then somebody in the chat like finishes your punchline for you before you do it? God damn. <laughs> and they'd have to really know your shit because they'd have to get in front of the delay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh man. Now we've all, uh, cause Charlie is a musician. You and I do comedy. Um, and I think during these times where we're separated from the stage, uh, traveling down memory lane can be a little bit of a, a salve for some of the, lo- uh, the loneliness we're feeling. A balm. Some of that, some of that heartbreak from being torn from the stage. Uh, and honestly, like Charlie being in a jam band, I assume you've had some fucked up shit happen. Uh, while you're up there banging away on those drums. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, uh, there's a lot of technical, because there's so much equipment and stuff on the stage. There's a lot of technical stuff that can go wrong. And, like, you're not always in the right state of mind to, like, take care of that at the time. So, like, I've had, like, I've been, you know, I go outside for set break. One uh, loving, adoring fan gives me some something to smoke and then like i go back on stage and like the cymbal stand falls or whatever and i'm just like what how do ah, i'm playing a, how do i do this <laughs> ah. um, yeah so we've had you know had some of that one time i like um i was borrowing someone's drum set and they had like this really crappy uh drum chair to sit on so i sat on it and it fell over backwards <laughs> And I elbowed or like hit with my back or something this uh, like switch plate that this protective like cover plate. Oh no! Uh, for like a power supply, yeah. and someone's amp died. <laughs> like because they couldn't like I don't know something happened with the power cord, so they had to like fix the power cord before they could play it. I was like, yikes! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's my fault, but that sucks. Don't fuck with me again. I will punch your shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's always like, I went to, you know, I was going to these open mics and stuff. There's always like, oh, someone left with some other guy's guitar and like, oh shit. Like they had the exact same guitar and they set it in the exact same place and someone's the wrong one or something. There's one open mic. There's this dude who just walks around with a trumpet. He only knows how to play one note on the trumpet. And, so, and we're like inside a bar and so like bands are playing and like just no matter what they're playing he's like quack 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 and just like so i can't hear what's going on and it's not like his one note is always in tune with the band sometimes it kind of is so he's kind of being cool but sometimes most of the time he's just quack, quack, quack. Like, does it sound as much like a duck call as you make it sound no i, I wish that would be I would almost not be mad if it was just <laughs> no it's like okay it's like a term and then he's got a friend who plays saxophone who does a similar thing it's also yeah it's just like I don't know it's just like you get people who are like oh I can play music I know two notes on this one instrument you know let's go I kind of just want to watch a 10 minute reel now of Charlie imitating different musical instruments you know, like bum 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 bum. Oh, that was a stand-up bass. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, 
Now, Jenna, uh, given the kinds of shows you do, I assume you're just chock full of these. Yeah. What, uh, are, what are some of your favorites? Let's see here. Uh, I, well, you know, in general, my comedy, I've found, that was something I was going to work on a lot this year, and I now I'm not gonna be given the chance. But yeah. in a sense that <laughs> I typically, I guess my joke style really lends itself well to something I like to call like positive heckling, which I get a lot from like other women typically in the audience who are so excited about what I am saying and like the truths that I'm dropping or what have you. And so they'll just get so into it and start like clapping off of, you know, off section and going hell yeah uh-huh girl yes that's true ah uh, ah uh, like vibe right. i'm just like so excited like what i'm saying is like resonating with them which i'm like yes i'm really happy for that but like you need to be quiet so i can keep telling the joke <laughs> it's gonna get better if you like what i've said already then you're gonna love the punchline if Whoa. you just listen <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, so I get a lot of that, and I think that I, I started to realize that I um, it's not just like my jokes, but it is like kind of the way I would pause, the way I maybe would say the jokes that really lent itself to that type of behavior. So I was gonna really try to change that a little bit. But yeah, I have a lot of times where I was on stage, kind of doing that stuff, and people have like shouted out a punchline that they've come up on their own, which is my fault if the joke is that easy, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, you know, one time it was, we were at my father's place and I was doing a set there and a woman was doing this positive heckling, just totally destroying everything. And I stopped it and I was like, you know what, you're going to need to shut the fuck up. I'm really not <laughs> into this right now. And I need you to stop. And, uh, she was like, no, no, no. I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to, I love what you're doing. I'm like, I was like, yeah, I know, but I need you to really shut the fuck up. And I'm not going to keep going with my set until you do that. And she was like, what? what? And then just stared at me for a long time. I was like, I'm really not going to keep it going until you leave. She gets up, looks like she's about to cry, runs out of the bar. <laughs> Come to find out later, I was talking to Cam Strong, you know, mm -hmm. Cam Strong. And I was telling him about how I yelled at this woman in the audience and made her leave because she was being so interruptive. And he was like, what was she wearing? <laughs> and so of I course was, Cam needs to ask this. Yeah, and I said, oh, she was wearing like a green jacket. And he goes, <gasps> he jumps up and runs out. And it was a date he had brought in. Oh. And she was incredibly intoxicated. And this was her first, she was like from a Mormon family or something. This was her wow. first time seeing comedy. And I berated the hell out of her and made her cry in the street. And uh, yeah. Anyway, they fucked, but. Well, all right. <laughs> At least it worked. At least it yeah. worked for that. <laughs> but yeah. Well, to be fair, if he's going to be bringing people to a comedy thing, he should explain how it works if he knows that they're from a background where they don't know. That's, that's yeah. on him more than anybody else in this case. <laughs> I used to do that all the time, bring dates to open mics and shows that I was on. Um, and a lot of people think that's, like, really dangerous to do as far as, um, like, for that reason alone, for them making a fool or whatever. Yeah. 
but or embarrassing yourself but I, i'm somebody who doesn't embarrass easily so i was like i don't really give a shit if i don't do well and like the person's there like it's not a big deal to me but i always thought of it as like a litmus test in a way how do they react as an audience member in a show right if That's they're true. good at that then i'm gonna want to fuck them if they're bad at it then this is not gonna work right because if they're not a considerate human being you don't want none of that no <laughs> That's, a, that. that's good that's a good rule of thumb i like that hell yeah i mean it's a risk for sure but i mean <laughs> tinder's a risk am i am i right yeah now um honestly i i always like to ask this about comedians when they come on to the show how did you get into comedy like because being the kind of person that would do this to ourselves has always been interesting to me. So I'm very curious where the rest of you get your damage. I mean, why you got into comedy. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. Um, you know, I got into it because I was a friend with somebody in town who was doing it and I just would go to her shows all the time. And I just kind of got in, I like was gonna wanna do it through that. But that is based off of, I used to, I was in drama in high school and I really loved being on stage. I love that energy, but I was never very good at it for some reason. Like I couldn't figure out why I didn't like acting in class and like why I didn't stick with it at the time. And then much later, many years later, I was in a um, stage production of the Vagina Monologues for a local college in town. And I was given one of the Vagina Monologues called my angry vagina <laughs> and that particular monologue is very much like a stand-up set it is like eight minutes long up there ranting about all the terrible things that they try to do to our vaginas and <laughs> i memorized that monologue and went up there and performed it like a stand-up set and it felt amazing and it felt like me and I was like this is so great and people asked me afterwards they're like did you write that and I was like no that was just like somebody else's words but it felt very real um and then it took some time for me to realize and put together that for me I love being on the stage but I really want to be me while I'm doing it versus a character as an actor and uh so that's it just kind of worked out and my energy and personality worked out to be me on stage and that's kind of what I did it, but it was pretty quick that I realized that once I was on stage that it's amazing to kind of get your shit off of your chest, like talk about your dead parents or your horrible sex experiences or any of the many things. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I know that uh, you did just get, uh, what is it, top five for the Willamette Weeklies. Um, funniest Comedians poll is going on right now, and you're on oh, that nice. ballot, is that right? Yes, I am, thank you. Um, Fantastic, congratulations, that's, by the that's way. amazing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is really exciting, and I'm glad that people voted for me to be nominated, and people, so the, the voting is open now, and people can nominate me, for sure. Um, I almost wish somebody else will win, because I won last year which also sounds like i'm being such a fucking humble brag like mm, i won last year <laughs> I, 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 
second comic in town. And also I slightly hate Willamette Week at this point because um, I don't know if you heard, last year they did a different comedy competition within Willamette Week. And it was like peer voted versus like yeah. industry voting rather. And five men won that one. Wow. Yeah, and I am still pretty bitter about that. Not that I didn't get chose. There's like a lot better comics in town, like Becky Bronstein, Kate Murphy. Like there's a ton of other women comics mm -hmm. who are really deserving and who've worked longer than I have. And like five men, five men. Wow. Those five men are funny. Do not get it twisted. They are fucking hilarious. Nothing against these men, but it's just like, that's just such a bad representation of our town. And I'm still kind of bitter at Willamette for not like, I don't even know, like rigging their own competition. Uh, something, just like, come on. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And I've, I've, I did a little bit of research into that. And it, I think part of the thing that I think is strange is that people are mad at, at Willamette Weekly when they had nothing to do with the voting. They just put it out. And so, while I do understand definitely what happened does show that there is a disproportionate view mm -hmm. of women to men comedians in our, our scene. That is very true. I just don't know that Willamette deserves the hate for it. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I think ultimately they could have, um, they, they need to update their system on how they get votes through that one because they were sending the voting ballot to people who don't live in the city anymore, you know? Oh, wow. Mm. And because it's just like an old email list they have and it's like this industry email list. And I'm like, that person doesn't even live here and they voted on it. So it's like, I don't really know. Versus the current competition is more city, people who live in Portland are voting, you know? Right. Right. So, what are you going to Well, so then it sounds like they are in fact working on it. Uh, they they updated their their method. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately there are like the level, the amount of women comics in Portland are actually quite high. There is yeah, like fifty fifty. It's like literally oh, wow. quite high. It's just a matter of how these people respect the women in town. Yeah, right. Which is zero. <laughs> But that's part of why we do things like this, though. Yeah. Get word out about what is wrong and start trying to talk about how we can fix things and, and be a better community. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely about that. Yes. Um, I think one of the things that weirds me about, about the comedy community is that when we have somebody who we believe is a danger or that should not be a part of our group, mm -hmm. we don't really have an HR system. Mm -hmm. And so what we have is the comics board. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed that every time somebody brings something up to that, they get so much resistance of, I don't know why you're bringing your personal shit here. I'm like, they're they're not though. They are bringing to the attention of the community yeah. that there is a problem and that you should maybe listen to the pr problem. I don't... <laughs> well, like, I mean, it really goes to show there's a lot of people, I think in the, um, the art form itself, that really, it's a... a you and I love the community element of it. Like, I mean, for me, I love friendships that I've gotten from it. I love being with people, the energy of it. But I think in general, comedy can be just to a lot of people, a very selfish art form or a very like self-centered art form. Um, 
whether it's intentional or not, you know, they just, are, yeah. they're, it's like in their body to like be themselves and, and to, you know, get to the highest ranking they possibly can, no matter what's happening around them. And that often means literally stepping on the hands of other people as they are climbing this ladder. And we're all guilty of it at times, but right, you I gotta think get overall, ahead when you can. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you know, you take an opportunity. You see a post, and you're like, "I'm gonna fucking post. I'm gonna like get in there. You know, I'm gonna do what I need to do." But like, you, it would behoove us all to stop and look at the community. Like you said, see an issue that's in our board, talk about it. Um, but a lot of people, I mean, I, I am always disappointed when there is one of those posts, those drama posts, and none of the older comics who've been here for a long time who are well-established and supported say nothing you know and i'm like what you're gonna just completely ignore the community you built your career off of yeah and that's again it just comes down to we we don't have an hr this is this is what we have is us working together as a cohesive unit to keep everything as safe as possible i'm sure the musician community is also horrible <laughs> oh yeah we've we've uh we've recently had some stuff well not recently because we've haven't been going around but this like this, this right before uh, the pandemic hit there was right the pan- before the pandemic we were kind of talking about that like people who were um kind of harassing other people at shows and stuff and so like predatory you know, behavior and shit yeah it's just real kind of skeezy kind of stuff so we kind of uh, well, specifically Hannah Hayes, who lives here, um, started working shout out on. Shout to Hannah Hayes. Shout out to Hannah Hayes, Miss H on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> started working on the "I'm Here for the Music" campaign, and and you know uh, other other like the bands that we've kind of we're targeting with that have like came out with a response. Uh, like she had gone through and she had uh, put together like a whole well-crafted uh, letter. Uh, had a bunch of people review it, go over it, make sure everything was like as formal, but still serious and like very understandable. Yeah, hey, clear and concise for sure. the problems we're having. This is what you can do to make them better. If you choose not to, well then we're gonna know that you're making that choice. And then as the people who go to your shows, we will not wanna go to your shows. So make some choices. Right and just sent those out. And I was like, this is great. This is everything that needs to happen. And I wish sometimes that the Portland comedy uh, scene would get its shit together. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) I just don't know. It's, again, I feel it can be quite a self-centered, you know, community. Um, Yeah. Because there's just like so much there, I guess there's, I imagine in music the same too. There might be this feeling that you, um, the opportunities are few and far between. And if you don't do everything you can to get them, you're not going to get them. Especially yeah. in the women's side of the of comedy. Um, there's a lot of infighting even on the, the women and non-male side and um, non-binary, trans, all the things where they just need, they want to get as many opportunities as they can. And then you feel like you're, if you, if a show a typical show only has two non-male comics on it of a line of the five or seven like our opportunities are less and so that does create an actual infighting system for us yeah. to fight each other you know and it's unfortunate and no especially how- when that's a disproportionate like amount of yeah. of what the scene is created of made up of yeah exactly there's plenty of women but the problem is that so many people 
view the level that a non-male comic has to be ready to be show ready they have it at such a higher standard than a typical guy and no one really likes to think about this like no we're all equal we're all equal but it's like truly they hold non-male comics at a higher standard to be considered show ready mostly because of weird ideas like oh that woman's up there talking about two crass items she's talking about her period she's doing all these things and i don't think my audience is gonna like it as much so i put her on this higher level that she has to somehow meet in order to be bookable you know and it's like if you looked at your audiences they want that kind of material they want those kinds of people on the shows but some people just don't see that because yeah. like guys will go up there and do a whole 15 minute set of dick jokes and that's just Seems fine. <laughs> truly is, truly is. But for some reason, if I want to go up there and talk about my body or just really anything really crass, it's like, oh, that comic's a really dirty comic, and my right. show can only have one kind of dirty person. I was like, those three men are dirty as hell. Yeah. It's trash. Yeah. It was one of the things I was uh, trying to help solve when I was doing second, because I can't control other people's shows, but my shows, I was trying to make sure that things were spread out as evenly as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, in yeah, fact, I think I have, I've had four out of the five on that, that list. Uh, I've had you, Melina, Trista, and Belinda all out at second. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then didn't you have Becky and then? Yes, I absolutely got Becky Bronstein. Of course, yeah. Yep. Anyway, it's I, I'm. It's interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what comedy will be like after things open up a little bit. I have been um, talking to other um, non-men comics on my Zoom things or other things, and wondering about how we can um, keep the predator male comics from coming back out into the scene. Is there a way that we could maybe gaslight them into thinking that COVID is still happening? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we can just keep those ones inside still, and then everyone else can come out and do open mics again. Just a thought. That'd be great. <laughs> it is dumb, though, that we do have to try to get that creative to find a way to have a safe space to do our art forms, and that's stupid. No. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's I mean... As much as Portland is kind of like this cool city and, and people are so like aware, it's still like, it, you know, anybody can just be like walking around just like, oh yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm here. I run this show, like whatever it is. We had, uh, we, I mean, we've had strange people like uh, around the band. And it's just like, we don't, we don't want you here. Like, how do, don't you know we don't like you? Like, <laughs> stop coming around here and like doing weird shit, dude. Like, how do you keep getting in here? That, that's the real question. <laughs> like, is there a ladder we don't know about? <laughs> Literally. In the McMinimans, yeah. I would believe it. <laughs> came in, came in through the Shanghai tunnels. Oh my god! Literally. No, they just let them walk right through the door. They don't give a shit who's a creep. They just come on in. You got twenty bucks to buy beer? Come on in. Yeah. That, yeah, that's so much of what's the problem. Is like the venues don't care. You know. 
Some do, but most don't. Like, um, you know, small places like we play the Goodfoot, which isn't necessarily small. It's fits a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we know the door guys who so can just say, "Hey, don't let this guy in, please." You know, here's a list of weirdos to look out for. But yeah, McMinimins, uh, I got like five people in there. Just they didn't pay. They just walked in the side door. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Charlie, because you look like a person who would never do anything wrong. So no one suspects that you would be the person. Well, and here's the thing is like, as soon as I, I just hand them gear and it looks like they're with the band and they walk in helping me and they're like, all right, cool. You can just hang out now. <laughs> You know, it's like money out of my own pocket, but oh well. Ah, yeah. Whatever. What is money anymore? <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to start moving to like the, the bottle cap system from Fallout or something. Hey, that makes these ciders I drink constantly much more valuable. Damn it. Head of <laughs> the game already. Right. So true. I'm hoping that the new currency is sex toys that don't really work. I have a lot of them. <laughs> Well, that's just because you keep burning them out. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. not their fault. Yeah. <laughs> they put because in their product. That's, you know. <laughs> I did actually break my preferred, like, favorite vibrator about oh. a week into the uh, quarantine. Oh, man. <sighs> that was bad. Damn. That's... Yeah. But then I, um, I had saved up some money and bought a new one, and I'm very excited because it comes with an app. And you can download this app on your phone and you can you control the vibrator from your phone. And uh, it's pretty cool and high tech. And it's going <laughs> to kill me one day when the uprising happens, but it's fine. But yep. I had asked you when this whole virus started if you needed money. <laughs> this is true. You I could have said yes. I would have, that's definitely a reason to need money. <laughs> That's, I just want to throw that out there. I need, I need you to jump on more of these opportunities, Jenna. I really should have been. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I did, I started saving, I was like, I gotta save money for a new vibrator. And now you're right, gotta add Chris Cox, of all people, <laughs> buy me a new cock. That's something Chris was born for. I, I just, that's your favorite thing, is just buying stuff for people. Mm-hmm. Just helping I mean, out. Look, I was raised in an environment where I thought Santa Claus was real for way too long. <laughs> so, giving gifts is definitely in my wheelhouse. Oh, is that what's happening? I thought you were trying to get to Danny DeVito, but you might be a Santa. <laughs> you shut your whore mouth, you asshole. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So Jenna. <laughs> I mean, it'd be Danny DeVito first, then Santa. I mean, well, okay. Just okay, eventually. How, how great would it be, okay, uh, the Santa Claus 4, Danny DeVito returns. I'd watch it. I'd just watch it. See? <laughs> so uh, one of the things we like to do on every podcast since the pandemic started is the mental health check-in. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just, you know, a couple questions about like, what are you doing lately to help keep yourself in like a good mental health space? Or even if you're not doing things and you want to talk about that, or you want to vent and you just need the space, we're here for that too. Uh, but like, how are you, how are you holding up, honestly? Um, it has been decent honestly more than I expected I've been I was blessed by the fact that I live with my best friend um and so I have somebody to like literally spend these these weeks with yeah um which was really grateful for but I mean as somebody who is producing you know three to four shows monthly and like working on a lot of projects it was pretty devastating to me financially and mentally to just like have all of that kind of go away and then there was the immediate coupled pressure from people outside of my work you know people who are fans or friends of being like well you can still do it online right you can still create all this content and to me that was really it made me actually feel worse because I would almost rather not you know i would rather not perform and not get like the energy from the stage and the audience and have all this stuff then i would almost rather never do comedy again if that was my only option and that's how i felt but i then it was really sad to watch all my friends who are really who like really love being a comedian go through like such severe depression being like they want to be comics they want to perform and me being kind of like i would rather uh, you know find something else but um so it was just a weird feeling and i didn't like it so i just kind of stopped trying to create comedy for a while and focused on becoming tiktok famous Um, (laughs) i can see how that's definitely in your wheelhouse thank you So I've been kind of really hyper focusing on that, and that helped for definitely like the first month and a half of like really kind of um, learning the app and trying to figure it out and making all this content. Um, and even now, though, I'm starting to get frustrated with it because it's a it's a trash app and it's filled with <laughs> trash people. And um, as most but, people are, yeah. So I don't really know, but uh, so I've been doing that, creating online contact, like content, commuting, you know, connecting with people. I don't know. It is, it is weird. I just, I did also start therapy recently again via um, Zoom. That's helping a little bit. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. And then just trying to take as many walks as I can. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And masturbating, getting the new vibrator helps. Yeah. Right. Got to get them endorphins however you can. (laughs) (laughs) Chocolate. (laughs) i've been putting candy bars in the freezer and i like ah! they get like really crispy crunchy oh, it's so good satisfying it's satisfying it's just like if i'm gonna eat a chocolate bar and i'm gonna like try and feel good about it i'll make it as good as i possibly can mm-hmm. i've been eating definitely a lot more like uh just good cooked food and I like it. it's it's nice That's great. I mean all of it's horrible I feel like <laughs> you just have to go one day at a time and try not to get too bogged down in like what the, actually what the future is gonna be you know but right. yeah because it's, it's it's gonna come one way or the other and we'll figure it out when it gets here yeah no you stressing about it right now <laughs> 
Yeah, it's been uh, it's been uh, weird because I work at McMinimins. Um, we started doing takeout. What I guess about three weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, so now we're we're hearing like what opening is going to look like. We're going to reopen to customers with like six feet distances and like. So I was originally in the kitchen, but now I've kind of been switched to front of house because not a lot of servers have come back or been hired back because why would people want to be, you know, serving tables for tips if nobody's going to be tipping at the door, you know? So um, it's like, will I be a server when we reopen? And what's that going to look like? And Do I even feel comfortable reopening? Like, I, do, I don't really want to be there when this customer's there. Well, I know. But also, <sighs> at one point, what do we do? I don't know. It's such a exactly. horrible conundrum. Because what is the option? And I don't really know the answer for a lot of people. It's pretty. Now, McMinniman says, like, if, uh, if we're not comfortable with the situation at any time, we can, you know, go back on unemployment and they'll corroborate that story. Okay, that's great. That's so great. So that's that's something, and um, yeah. I hope that's still an option because I like there's like three or four of us that are like that's weird. I, I don't know, and they're talking about like having to track people's uh, driver's licenses and um, you know the McMinimum's passport, the passport number, yeah. so that we're helping with contact tracing to see who's been to which McMinimum's, and mm-hmm. so this will be wild. There's already people who come in, like delivery drivers and, and customers and stuff that come in with no mask, no gloves. And I'm like, I'm masked up, I'm gloved up. McMinimins is making its own hand sanitizer. So we've got plenty of hand sanitizer going around. But um, like, I could be handing something off to somebody or they could be handing it to me, you know? So, yeah. Uh, so the chocolate and the drinking is pretty great. <laughs> That's what's been helping. Well, of course, you get to you get to hang out with like Joshua and Hannah, and they're they're both true. Really good I, people for I helping have, stay grounded. Yes, and, two and wonderful wonderful out. people. So uh, I do. I am great appreciative of that. Have you done another episode of your your cooking show yet? No, I've been working on one. Uh, I, I want to kind of do something a little bit. I want to try and do a Zoom episode and teach like a cooking class over Zoom. So I think that's going to be the idea. But I, I need to get, have some willing volunteers who are willing to get some uh, ingredients and, and play along at home kind of thing. So. Oh, that's fun. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. That could be yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have like, a witty name, like a catchy name, like Cooking with Charlie? But that's that's boring. No, it's cooking with Charlie. It's literally that. Oh, so sorry. So. Um, so sorry. Oops. <laughs> no, it's, that's it. So sorry. Or Charlie's. <laughs> yeah, I I, I couldn't come up with anything cl- more clever than that, and it's like, well, it kind of says everything I needed to. So cooking with Charlie, why not? I don't know. It's, it's a great name. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I get it. But uh, yeah, I I honestly couldn't come up with anything more, and uh, you know, we'll see if it changes. Uh, I got, we got a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Clearly, we do the podcast. We do more t- Twitch streaming. We do the cooking show. We're working on some other stuff. We, lots of stuff cooking around Smirk Studios. So we. Can... Ooh, I'm gonna give that points. I see oh. what you did there. I'm gonna give that points. Thank you. See, that's how points work. I got points. Oh, I forgot about the points. <laughs> uh, 
Um, now, as far as what I, I mean, uh, I'm gonna keep bringing this up uh, each week just because it keeps being true. I, I started therapy uh, pretty That's much right. at the beginning of this pandemic. Yeah. And uh, so for the first four sessions, which were two hours each, wow. we were just mapping my trauma. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. Just because life has been uh, great uh, for a long time. And uh, <laughs> we hit a point where she had said something nice about me, um, about how like being valid is a thing or whatever. And uh, I did what I do, uh, which is explain why that's probably not accurate. And uh, she was like, uh-huh, interesting. And then I realized I was like starting to cry. And I was like, hmm, this is a dumb part. I don't like this. <laughs> And then she was like, is this, this maybe a message you've heard other times? And I was like, yeah, in fact. And like, I get to bring up like Josh's whole text from before and yeah. hijinks had gone on a whole your valid thing when he was on the show. And yeah. I was like, I don't know why every time people say nice things about me, I just want to cry. And she's like, well, yeah, that's that's part of the problems we're having. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that um, imposter syndrome is so real. You know, it's so hard to hear stuff uh you know from other band you know people in bands or stuff they're like dude you're really good at drums i'm like sure whatever like i don't believe right, you yeah. <laughs> but just, thanks thanks for the sentiment i guess that's where i've, I've gotten to that <laughs> point where i'm just like well thank you for saying that that's nice of you to say even uh that's technically progress yeah i guess <laughs> no i mean it's yeah i, I don't know i i, I we come I mean, obviously, you've had a lot more trauma in your life. We discussed that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, you've had stuff going on that I haven't, I just haven't experienced. But I think we're on a similar level of like, I'm, you know, I do things, but I don't know how good I am at these things. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely also have a lot of the same uh, self-doubt issues that I, that I have going on. Yeah. I've been working on that. That's, that's been an interesting uh, quarantine project. <laughs> myself myself that's shaved- great that's like a tweet actually i feel like that's a tweet right there oh my god can we just keep jenna and she can just keep letting us know when things we say should be put onto the twitter because we keep not using that very yeah, well at all we need an ability like at that all. that's great oh me really good at social media you don't say uh, i know oh. where would i get that idea why would i think that with all of the shows you do, which brings me back to Live Laugh Stream, I believe, oh, is fabulous. the show we're currently doing on Instagram, yeah. uh, at Whoa. Jenna with a Smile. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, Jenna with a Smile. So, and okay, what is that one actually? Because that that's one not is, one of your comedy shows. No, that was born out of the first week of the shutdown. My um, best friend and roommate, for, uh, fellow comedian of town as well, Kat Buckley, um it lives with me and we were just like oh what do we do and it was saint patrick's day it was the first tuesday um mm-hmm. of the the shutdown <laughs> and we were like let's get drunk and get on instagram live like all the celebrities and just have a good time and we went on there and we just had fun talking to people and talking to each other and we called it live laugh stream because we love irony and having a bunch of live laugh love posters in our house which we do have a couple um it's fun like that 
and then quickly we kind of like progressed it into making it more structured in a sense that we now have a weekly guest come on much like this awesome show and we just talk about life and banter and then Kat comes up with a really great game or a bit and we do that and um it's been really fun and a good way to just like stay connected with people um I love it and we do it weekly on Instagram and I will say uh we just announced on this most recent episode we did on uh, Wednesday. Um, do you guys know the McElroy brothers? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. I absolutely do from Polygon.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah Justin and Griffin McElroy. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're hilarious. They're, yeah, they're fucking hilarious. And Kat and I are huge fans of their of them and their, and their other brother, Travis. Right, right, right. And um, they have a really popular podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me, and it's a device comedy podcast. Um, it's, it's actually advice with humor. It's not advice for comics. Right. <laughs> but anyway, um, they did a whole project a couple years ago where they were really high once and they were on a podcast together and they came up with this idea about how they were going to get themselves on as voice actors for the second Trolls movie, Trolls World War. <laughs> yeah. And they were really high and they said they made this podcast and the podcast was called the McElroy brothers will be on Trolls 2. <laughs> and they shot their shot and they made a like 12 part documentary podcast about how they actually got themselves on this movie, being nobodies really, to on this Trolls movie. And um, we got high one night and we said, we're gonna do the fucking <laughs> thing. So we now started a podcast called The McElroy Brothers Will Be On Live Laugh Stream. <laughs> That's awesome. And we have two episodes recorded. We dropped our first episode this week. We haven't done a ton of promo for it yet, but um, you can get it on iTunes and Spotify. And it'll be our documentary uh, podcast about how we got McElroy Brothers to be on our live streaming show. That's awesome. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> And Smirk Studios founder Joshua H. Metz is also in the chat right now. Just give him all kinds of congratulations for how awesome that is. Nice. Yeah, we're excited. We it's it's pretty fun. They're short episodes, and we're we actually we literally next week we're sending off a couple emails to people that we've gotten contact information from that work with the brothers mm-hmm. that we're gonna actually like send off our podcast episodes and be like, this is what we're doing, right? <laughs> And we're going to really, uh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. We will make it happen. There you go. Because it has happened already in the future. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's right, manifest. <laughs> now, where, where can we follow this adventure? Um, currently on, I guess, my Instagram. <laughs> but uh, we, like I said, you can um, find us on iTunes and Spotify if you just type out the very long title. The McElroy brothers will be in on live laugh stream. <laughs> the McElroy brothers will be on live laugh stream. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll get links to that in the in the description and everything. Okay, yeah, so. I have a link. I have a fucking yeah. link. Awesome. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, but we're just kind of having fun with that show still, and I I think that you know I don't think comedy in its other form is gonna come back for a little bit fully. So you know you just gotta keep yeah. fun where you can. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I'm doing this. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've you know, I, I'm not the comedian, so I, you know, I come up with these crazy uh, 
half-baked ideas like hey let's do a podcast or hey let's have a trivia night and chris is just like okay <laughs> sure hey it was working before this uh pandemic hit you yeah and I look were, and now we got uh, stuff to do so. taking off our own trivia fucking thing for mcminimums we were doing that on a weekly or on a monthly basis for oh, a minute so there cool. yeah. yeah like almost <laughs> hey <laughs> We were getting there. If a pandemic had not gotten in the way, we were going to have two McMinimums under our belt. We that's were true. Away. That's yeah. true. That's, that's saying something. It's, you know, that's a this calendar limited, yeah. to, get, to get things started, you know, and you have the gumption to do it. Just fucking do it, you know? Yeah. I basically, I brought, just brought it up to my boss. Like, hey, can we do trivia? He's like, that's a great idea. That's your idea now. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're in charge of that. I'm like, great. <laughs> I have some people who message me and try to ask me for like advice on how to get projects started or to produce things or to have like a social media that's that gets you know somewhere or whatever and they're yeah. like how do you do this or oh my god Jenna you have all these like opportunities which I don't I really don't have that many opportunities but when I had some opportunities people were like how'd you get those and I was like what I asked for like 95% of them <laughs> I sent so many of my booking requests like just shooting my shot with that you know and uh it doesn't always work you get shut down a lot of times to be honest and you have to really like be gentle with your ego when it doesn't work um but you have to just ask so many times people are willing to give you a fucking trivia night if you just ask for it absolutely yeah uh i see that we are reaching another 10 minute time limit so just I know, God so damn. we're all aware <laughs> Did 40 minutes already go by yeah holy shit well, yeah, well, no, anyway. I was sure that having time go by as we talked was going to be the easy part here. <laughs> I did not know we were going to run into so many goddamn technical difficulties. <laughs> well, that's, you know. Yeah. No, no, no. I, li- I like to think nature. I've gotten a lot better at, at picking our guests uh, these days. There's a, it's not a whole lot of effort we have to go through. I think, I think we've had to write one segment for today, and that's about it. <laughs> we write something that's crazy. <laughs> All right. Oh man! In yeah, fact, speak. You, I was gonna say you did. What did you do? <laughs> oh me? Yeah. Well, uh, we had brought up uh, a while ago, and, and we tend to keep trying to keep up on this. But uh, you know, a lot of people are watching more movies and shows and things like that. So I, I just, uh, you know, uh, last week we heard that our friend uh, was watching a lot of the Marvel movies, like all of them in order of how you're supposed to watch them, and he had, like. And he'd watch like all these. He, he had a whole list of series that he'd watched. That went, that went through a lot of stuff. I just want to check in if you guys are watching anything. I've been watching a, some new stuff, or not some not so new stuff. That's uh, been kind of interesting. So I was, want to check in with you guys first. If you're um, seeing anything out there that people should be paying attention to, or it's not new. I've been watching. We started watching True Blood again from the beginning. Okay. Um. Nice. And I haven't watched it since I was probably like 23, 24. I'll tell you what, it fucking A, holds up, and B, is way better when you're like a feminist and like more emotionally mature. There is so much depth to these characters, and it's quite a feminist show. The All of the female characters are very strong, mm-hmm. um, very fully fleshed out characters, and the men are pretty trashy, and they just... They let you know that through the show, and I'm really loving it. So if you kind of want to watch something fun and sexy, then also like empowering, you know, check out True Blood. 
I remember that one. Uh, I remember liking the cook. I cannot remember yeah. their name. Lafayette is Thank the, you. They're an actors, they're the character's name, but I don't know who they are um, in real life, but they're great, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've uh, I've seen the books, of course, when I worked at a bookstore, so those books flew off the shelves, so. <laughs> it's like softcore porn, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jen's like, I know, I lost the money that weekend. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I've been doing the same thing I always do, anime, right? Uh, I've got I've got a blog up on uh, Smirk Studios about Tower of God, which was uh, Crunchyroll's first like Crunchyroll original anime that they came out with, and that is still being just as solid as the day I started going on and on about it. It's uh, a good update. Yeah, <laughs> it's solid. All right, and that's I watch way too much anime. Uh, so, <laughs> And then learning that Avatar The Last Airbender's on Netflix, that's... Yeah. But I gotta go and do that that rabbit tunnel now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've seriously, seriously been thinking about it because, like, I haven't seen it all the way through uh, in a while. And that was one of the ones I really liked when it came out. It's just such a cool, it's, well, it's well-rounded so story. So worth it. Absolutely. Um, I have been digging. I don't know. Do you guys use Amazon Prime Video? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is an incredible show. Everybody should watch it. It's about comedians in the 50s and 60s. So go watch it now. It's awesome. Uh, but uh, they've been putting up just random movies, just kind of weird classic movies or strange movies uh, lately. So obviously they got, they know everybody's got more time on their hands. So, um, First off, like a real classic one. I think it's from 1973. Is the Long Goodbye? Oh and, yeah. Uh, with Elliot Gould as uh, Philip Marlowe, who's uh, like originally when they were written, uh, they you know they were um, it was like 1930s, like hard nosed detective novels and stuff. But it's updated to the 70s, so uh, it's really cool and just like his whole like super laconic like kind of slightly deranged hard-nosed detective style and he's just like walking around and uh kind of weird stuff happens but it's, it's a cool like if you love detective detective stories or something like that it's it's kind of a fun like time capsule the other one that's from uh that i just found on there today that i've actually been looking forward to seeing for a while uh this came out in 2017 it's called dave made a maze and so, so we find out in the opening credits about like this guy lives with his girlfriend and girlfriend goes away for a work trip for three days and uh he we see in the opening credits he takes up all these different weird like projects like first he's like getting into woodworking but then doesn't like it then uh starts doing origami and he makes like a bunch of paper cranes and then just kind of loses interest and then he so he makes a maze out of cardboard (laughs) and and so she comes home and literally just like uh there's this big cardboard structure in the middle of the room. So she calls all the friends over and they're all looking at it. And and Dave is lost inside this maze (laughs) because it's bigger on the inside. So they have to journey in and like uh, watch out for his booby traps that he put in this maze. But it's so cool because every set in the movie, like once they enter the maze, everything's, every room is just made completely out of cardboard. And so they would, there was like, I don't know how many rooms there are, but they, um, they would make two rooms at a time of just all cardboard and all these cool like puppet things like this giant face and um and like when people get injured in the maze 
like this fake blood and guts sprays out and stuff, but it's just like glitter and yarn and silly string and stuff. So it's like, is any of this real? What's actually happening? I like this. It's yeah, it's really surreal and really cool and funny and uh, so highly recommended. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, a little bit uh, topical because it's a guy who's at home alone and comes up with a weird project to do. <laughs> Goes a little bit overboard. Oh my god, I'm looking at some of the images and it's really cool looking. Oh yeah, it's such a cool like uh, uh, production design, honestly. Because everything, it looks kind of like homemade and crafty. And you can tell it's kind of a low budget. You know, it's not CGI. It's yeah. just cardboard. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Becca Rue saying she's gonna add that to her watch list. It's really cool, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and if you have Amazon Prime, it is free right now. As is The Long Goodbye. And um, several other films I saw are coming up on there. The, the thing is, like, a lot of stuff is hit and miss. They're adding, um, Amazon Prime is adding some older Mystery Science Theater 3000, so that's always my one of my go-tos, like, just sit like if you watch uh from the newest series cry wilderness i like i cry laughing every time i'm watching it yes uh, it's it's hilarious those guys are great very talented okay uh i do see that we're coming up on like a minute and a half left on this zoom call um I'm gonna be honest, guys. I don't know uh, how much more we have to explore on this. That's not true. We barely talked about your dildo collection. Oh, oh this boy. is true. But I mean, we talked about a lot of different things. It's true. And honestly, if anyone who's watching or listening wants to just follow me on Instagram, I basically talk about them all the time. So it's you can get you can learn a lot about me. That way. <laughs> Well, alrighty. Uh, in that case, it sounds like we're going to be wrapping up the show here. Jenna, I do want to thank you again so much for coming on out. Thanks so much. Uh, I've been Chris. This is Charlie. I'm Charlie. Fantastic. Jenna. <laughs> That's Jenna. Yes. Thank you all for coming on out and uh, hanging out with us. Uh, love y'all. Have a good night. Woo! <laughs>